Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio. Hello, Right on Radio family, and welcome to another Saturday night sermon. Um, it's Eric again, bringing you the Word of God. And I uh, just want to say how much I've been enjoying having others teach and getting uh, multiple teachers' perspectives. Um, Dewey did a wonderful job a couple weeks back. He answered some questions I've had my entire walk that I didn't understand the verse and didn't understand the metaphor, and now I do, and on two different ones. And, and Vila's word was so timely and so heartfelt and so... Um, yeah, so I'm. Um, it's a pleasure to be amongst them. And so tonight I'm going to be sharing um, from the Gospels, um, from three different uh, stories. Two of them are related, one's not, um, but they kind of fit in together. And so before we get into the Word, let's say a word of prayer, and then uh, we'll dive in and see what God has for us. Father, we uh, come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. And Jesus, you are the lover of our souls. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we are your holy nation. And so we come before you. And your word says, where two or more gather, there you are in our midst. So Lord, even though I'm here by myself, I know that many of us are here watching this together. And so we know that you're in our midst. So come and give to us what you would like us to get. Um, feed us with your word, Lord. You're the bread of life. And we come for you for sustenance. So... Uh, help me speak the right words and um, help us to have ears that hear and a heart that is open to what you would have to say. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so a pastor of a church I used to attend, he uses this phrase a lot. And it's a phrase that, oh, I need to admit it, I can't stand it. It's, um, God helps those who help themselves. And I've never quite like that. Uh, another pastor would say it a little differently. He would say, you've got to partner with God. And I understand where they're coming from. That, you know, um, we can't just sit there and sit on our hands and expect God to do everything for us. But at the same time, there are times, I think, in all of our lives where we can't help ourselves. Where we are so beat up. Maybe we're backed into a corner. Maybe we painted ourselves into that corner. Maybe we've reaped what we've sowed and everything's gone. You know, um, I think there's those times in life when we can't help ourselves. Um, and I just can't imagine that God's up there saying like, you know, I could help you and I would, but you got to show me that you're invested in this too. So help yourself first, and then I'll help you. I, I just don't see Abba Father like that. I think there's times when all we can do is cry out. And I know that he is more than willing to, to be a saving hand. Um, and so I don't know if you can relate to that. but um, So I understand that concept of we need to play our part. We need to do our part. But God isn't, in my opinion, needing us to act first or help ourselves first. 
um, when he asks us to do things, we need to do them. But there are those times when life can be so hard that we don't know anything else to do but just say, help. And he hears when we're at those places. And so we're going to go through uh, two different stories. Uh, one is one of my favorite uh, healings in the gospel. I know I've probably said that every time I've taught, but this is indeed one of my favorite. Um, and another two stories that I didn't realize until I studied that I had taken two different parables from two different gospels and I had merged them in my mind and some elements were here and some elements were there. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and merge those for the purposes of this Bible study. But um, um, yeah, so, and it's the uh, parable of the wedding feast. Um, and it's found in Luke chapter 14 and also in uh, Matthew 22. And then I am also going to dive into Mark where um, Jesus heals the leper. So let's go there real quick and we'll read them and then I will dive into them. So if you'll turn to Matthew 22 and verse 1. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. And he sent out his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding feast, and they were unwilling to come. Again he sent out other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fattened livestock are all butchered and everything is ready now. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went their own went their way, one to his farm, another to his business, and the rest seized the slaves and mistreated them and killed them. But the king was enraged and he sent armies and destroyed those murderers and set their city on fire. Wow. Then he said to the slaves, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main highways, and as many as you find there, invite to the wedding feast. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered together all they found, both good and evil. And the wedding hall was filled with dinner guests. But when the king came in to look over the dinner guest, he saw a man there who was not dressed in wedding clothes. And he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Then the king said to his servants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. And when I restudied this for, for this teaching, I'd forgotten about the harsh parts there. You know, it's like, you know, God wanted there to be guests at the wedding. And so he said, go get everybody. And they got everybody. Someone showed up without the proper attire, and it's like, nope. So, so I'm not going to be focusing on the harsh parts, but before I dive in, just know they're there. Um, some people may be invited to the wedding feast, and they weren't on the guest list originally, but they got to come. Um, and if you get to come, make sure you're dressed accordingly, because you don't want to be, you don't want to, now I'm, I'm notorious for showing up in t-shirts, flip-flops, and shorts. I mean, I'm from California, and I'm very casual in my dress. So I guess I'm not to make sure I don't show up like that. That might not turn out too good for me. And if we go over now to Luke chapter 14, um, verse 16. 
Now, this Luke member was not there. Luke, when it interviewed everybody that was there and he wrote his Gospels, kind of a compilation of all the eyewitness accounts. And so I believe these are talking about the same parable that Jesus shared. And I'm sure that Jesus shared these parables more than, more than once. So, so verse 16 says, But he said to them, A man was giving a big dinner, and he invited many. And at the dinner hour he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I need to look, go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I am going to try them out. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I have married a wife and for that reason I cannot come. And the slave came back and reported to this master. Then the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the slave said, Master, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the slave, Go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in, so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. Um, and I'm going to, as I dive into this teaching, I'm going to combine those two stories and I'm going to take a little bit of liberty with it. Um, because in Matthew, he mentions that it was the, the, the king's son was getting married. And in our, our culture today, um, you know, it, it, let's be honest, guys, the wedding's not about you. It's about her. You're a rental tux boy. The dress, it's all about her, the dress, the flowers, the bridal party, the things that she's been planning and dreaming of, maybe her whole life. Um, different times back then, but now the king is going to give a wedding. It would be the daughter's desires that he would be very focused on. That's just kind of a cultural thing that I'm going to take a liberty with. So, and... Um, and, and I will circle back to that story, but before we do that, we're going to jump into Mark um, 1, 40. And this is one of the Bible characters that I most relate to, and I'll, I'll dive into why. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been moved viscerally? Um, have you ever been stirred so strong, emotionally so heavily that your gut has been wrenched. Um, that happens here with Jesus. Verse 40 in Mark 1. And the leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he sternly warned him and immediately sent him away. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer your clean, your clean, for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the news around to such an extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city but stayed out in the unpopulated areas. And they were coming to him from everywhere. And when I spoke a couple weeks ago, this leads into the healing of the paralytic. So this is the story that happened just before. 
And I want you to pay very close attention because just like in that story with the paralytic, Jesus, in stunning fashion, answers what the man asked and gave him what he needed and what he wanted. Um, the, the phrase there when it says, Jesus was moved with compassion. This is the only Greek word I'm going to get into today. Pardon me, I clicked on the wrong one. There we go. It says, moved with compassion. The word there, I'm going to butcher this. It's a very hard word to pronounce. It's splanknitz zamahi. Sounds like I'm coughing up a furball. It means to be moved in the inward parts. To feel compassion. To have the bowels yearn. To feel deeply or viscerally. To yearn. To have compassion. Pity. So you can imagine as this leper came to Jesus and beseeched him and fell to his knees before him. And he says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. You know, think of what the life of a leper would have been like back then. You weren't allowed to be within too close of a range to people. And if you had to go out in public... You had to wrap yourself completely so that none of your skin exposed people to potential infection. And you had to walk about and say, unclean, unclean, so people would know to not get too close to you. And some people were so concerned about your illness that they would not even want your shadow to touch them. So you can imagine having something like leprosy, which was a death sentence. There was no cure. And... Other than maybe other lepers, no one wanted to be close to you. No one wanted to even maybe have your shadow touch them. You had to walk around and proclaim that you were unclean so people could get out of the way. People probably were not very happy that you were there. It's kind of like social distancing, yeah? So Jesus saw him. And he was moved viscerally he yearned for this man he had compassion on him and what's beautiful about this is what did the man want he wanted to be healed right but what did he need See, he came up and he says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus could have said, all right, you're clean. That's not what he did. Pay close attention. He reached out and touched him. He was moved to his gut. And he reached out and touched the man. That tells me he knew this man had not been touched in a long time. He probably thought no one would ever touch him again. And Jesus didn't just heal him. He knew what his heart's cry was. 
and he addressed it. And in the Greek, it's such a beautiful, uh, the way it, it's worded. He, the word willing, am willing, is thalos. And so basically, the man came and fell to his knees and said, if you're thalos, you can make me clean. And Jesus moved to compassion, touches him. And then he says, Thalos. So the question was, if Thalos, and the answer was Thalos. But Jesus, before he even said Thalos, proved to him that he was because he reached out and touched him. And I could just imagine, you know, he didn't like touch with like a fingertip. He like grabbed him, made eye contact, let him know, I'm willing to touch you. And then he answers the question, I am Thalos. Be cleansed. Why do I say I'm like the leper? I don't know if you can relate to this, but I can. What did the man have faith in? And what did he doubt? Did he think Jesus could heal him? Mm -hmm. He didn't say, if you're able, you might be able to make me clean. He didn't say, if you're willing, could you maybe try to make me clean? He said, no, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He trusted Jesus' ability to make him clean. He just wasn't sure about his willingness. And as for me, that's been where my point of struggle is. When I've had struggles with God, when I've had struggles with faith, it's not faith in God's ability to move. I know he can do anything. I know he's done everything. to He would move heaven and earth for people. But when I've doubted, it's been along those lines of, you know, I know you've done it for others. I know you've done it before. I know you're able to. I just don't know if you would for me. And if you can relate to that, maybe, maybe you, like the leper, and be honest, go before him and say, you know what, I don't know if you're willing to. I know you're able, but I sure hope you're willing. That's a good prayer to pray. That's basically what the leper was saying. And so Jesus, in marvelous fashion, doesn't just snap his fingers from a distance and give the guy the healing he was after. He knew he needed touch, and he touched him. He answered his question. He let him know, I am willing. And by the way, you're right, I'm also able to. And the man was cleansed. That's one of my favorite healings because that's just, I can relate to that man in so many ways because that's where I struggle and maybe that's true for you as well. So now I'm going to circle on back to the wedding feast the parable of that. So again, I'm going to combine elements from both of those parables and um, kind of dive into it. So it says it's a king. So the king is the king. The king is the wealthiest person in the kingdom. You know, it, it'd be hard to, you know, 
who's the wealthiest man in the world right now? Jeff Bezos? Okay, so imagine Jeff Bezos has a daughter, then the daughter is going to have a wedding. Well, do you think if you were the richest person in the world, or if you were a king of a kingdom, or a queen of a kingdom, and your daughter wanted to get married, or your son wanted to get married, I would imagine it would be the wedding of the century, you know what I'm saying? It would be everything that your son or daughter wanted. And it mentions, you know, all the they fattened the all the fattened livestock, the ones that are set aside for feast, the ones that are made nice and big and fatty so that they smell good when they barbecue and they taste good when you eat them, you know. Um, you know, this was an extravagant feast and, and I don't know how to, you know, relative make it relative to today's terms, but it would just be can you just imagine what this feast would be like today? You know, what would the tables look like? What would the silverware and the place settings and the glasses be like? Would they be gold plates and gold uh, flatware? You know, would the, would the cups be gold trimmed and things like that? You know, and it would just be oh, so many neat things. And so, you know, part of the wedding is you, you make the, the guest list, you know. So you've got the guest list going on and you send out the invitations and everybody RSVPs that can't make it. You know, you as a parent, what would you do if your son or your daughter was getting married and you, you made these arrangements for the best wedding that the world has ever seen and, and everyone says, nope, we ain't coming. So you would send out your, your, your servants or your staff or say, you know what, we, we, we need it full. I'm not going to have my son or my daughter stand before an empty crowd or walk down an empty aisle, you know, full of empty seats. Um, so they go out and they get everybody, you know, and it's, it doesn't matter if they were good or evil, the lame, the, the blind, you know, just get people in there, get people in there, you know, so that my house may be full, so that my, my, my feast might be well attended, so that my son or my daughter is going to get everything that they've wanted. So, okay, if, if we're making it to the wedding feast, what does that mean? Are we there because the people that were intended to be there said no thanks and so we got the invitation? Maybe. Are we the blind and the crippled and the, you know, maybe not the upper class of society that got the invites but said no thank you? And so we got our invitations? Maybe, huh? So. But can you see the father's heart here for their child? You know, the, the wedding was going to spare no expense. The feast was going to be beyond words. Um, food and drink and a mini course meal and desserts of all sorts and fancy and delicacies that that maybe some people don't get to have very often because they're not the king. But the king gets to enjoy these things. But 
his guests do at occasions like this. To go to all of that expense to have this day be special for your child. And then people aren't going to show up and the king says, no, 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 no. He makes sure that that hall is full. He makes sure that every seat is filled. He makes sure that the special day is not ruined because a bunch of people said no thanks. I love that. I love that. And even more so after I became a parent and you have a child, for those of you who have kids, you understand that. You understand how you want, when they have a desire of their heart, you want it to come true. You want it to come to fruition. If they're going to have a special day, you want it to be everything that they wanted it to be. And if it's in your power to do it, you're going to make sure it happens. And that's what the father, the king here does. He makes sure that that's what happened. But I want you to consider the perspective of the ones that came. You know, he went out into the streets and said, Give anybody. I don't care if they're homeless. Invite them. Bring them in. You know, these aren't the people that normally would have gotten invited to a black tie event. You know, what would that have been like if you're, you know, you've never been invited to something like that and here comes a servant of the king and he says, Hey, you. The king's inviting you to the wedding feast. He wants you to come to the wedding. Wouldn't that kind of almost weird you out a little bit? Kind of, really? Me? Me? Do you, do you see? Um, I'm a cripple or, um, you know, I'm a homeless person. Like, really? He wants me. And like, yeah, look, I'm, I'm it's legit. And maybe you didn't believe him at first. Maybe some people, but... You know, okay, so so you're going to get ready to go and maybe you have to borrow some clothes. Uh, wear your best clothes you have. Shower up and shave, you know, I, you know, just get ready, you know, find a dress to put on ladies and, you know, do your hair, you know, try to get as ready as you can for the wedding. And... So the servants come and you get ready and then they escort you to the hall where the feast is going to happen. And, and the way I picture this when I think about this, this story, I see like steps that you're going up to where the doors are. And I imagine there might be some hesitation to, you know, Man, I, I've never been invited to something like this. I don't really feel like I belong here, you know. I this I'm not very this is the best I have, but I'm not very well dressed and you know, um maybe you weren't sure this is real, this is true, I'm really getting invited, I can get to go, you know. And I can just see that as you're coming up the steps and then there's these big giant ornate doors 
that you've never been invited through before. And as you come up and you're getting close to the door, I just see the king flinging the doors wide open and saying, come, come in. Thank you for coming. Thank you for making my house full. Thank you for being willing to come and be here and to celebrate this special day. So come, come, find a seat, sit anywhere you'd like. Um, there's food, there's, there's drink, um, whatever you want. There's water, there's wine, there's, there's meat. And today's age, hey, maybe there's some vegan dishes if you're vegan, you know, or whatever. And there's desserts over here. And I can just imagine for maybe like the first time in your life you've ever seen anything this extravagant. Maybe you've seen something on TV, but you've never walked in, you know, and maybe there's musicians and orchestra over there playing music, you know, and, and just chandeliers and candlelight and just the most lavish feast you've ever seen. And not only is like, this not just something you're, you've heard about. You're actually there. You've been invited in by the king to come. And I can just see him saying, Come. Help yourself. It's all here for you. It's all been arranged. It's all been taken care of. Help yourself. I can accept that kind of meaning for God helps those who help themselves. You need to know that God has taken care of everything. He's made arrangement. He's already gone through the expense. He's already paid the cost. He's already paid the price. He's already made the way. He's already invited you in. The doors are wide open and he's at the top of the stairs beckoning you to come in and help yourselves to everything that he has for you. It's not work. You just got to help yourselves to it. It's freely available. It's freely there for the taking. You're not going to get in trouble. You have an open invitation. So come. Come in. I encourage you to taste and see that the Lord is good. Come in and help yourself. Help yourself to his love. Help yourself to the water of life, the bread of life. Come in and help yourselves to anything. Everything that he has is available for you. Will you come? I hope you say yes. Father, I just want to thank you for how much of a loving God you are, how much of a good, loving Father that you are. Jesus, I'm so glad that you, when you walked this earth, you demonstrated that love. Whether it was the paralytic or the leper, Lord, you knew what they needed. You know what we need. You're willing to reach out and touch the untouchable. 
you're willing to give forgiveness to those who feel unforgivable. You're not willing just to say you are, but you'll show it too. You'll reach out and you'll touch even the lepers that have a death sentence and no one wants to be around. And even the people who maybe have no right, no position in society to be invited to the feast of the century. You say, come. Come in and help yourselves. Father, for anyone listening to this who had not taken that invitation, Father, would you please show them the feast they're invited to? Will you speak to their hearts and let them know that they're invited to come in and help themselves to everything that you've laid out before them? And give them the courage to say, okay. And if you've never invited the Lord Jesus in your heart, it's really easy to do. It's not about the words you say, it's about the heart you're saying them from. Pretty much all you got to do is say, Jesus, I'm willing to give you a shot. I'm not perfect, I've made mistakes. You know all of them. There's no reason to hide them because you know everything already. I'm willing to confess my sins to you. I'm willing to try to repent from them. If you would come and be my Lord and Savior, I would like your gift of salvation. I would like to come to your feast. I would like to come to the wedding feast and be there. Come and live with me. Make my home. Make your home my heart. And Holy Spirit, for those that say that prayer, will you pour your spirit into them and make them your temple? We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer, um, please reach out to, to um, the Right on Radio community. We're on Telegram. Look up for Right on Radio. Um, let us know. We would love to know that. We would love to follow up with you. We would love to uh, rejoice with you and pray with you and, and help you start to walk this journey with God. And immediately following this, in the Right on Radio chat on Telegram, we will be starting very shortly, the Singapore. And we call it Singapore because it's a prayer time. We pour out our hearts before the Lord. Um, we sing songs to Him. We pray. We intercede. We pray for the world. We pray for what's going on in our lives and what's going on in the lives of everybody in the world. And there's a lot going on in the world right now, if you haven't noticed. And the neat thing, though, is God always pours out more than we can. And I would invite you to come and join. Even if you just said that prayer for the first time and you've never been to a prayer meeting, come and join us. We'd love to have you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this. Um, God bless and uh, hope to see you at Singapore. Take care. Who's right? Who's right? He's right. Right on radio. Right on radio.